As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30, the 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams gonna throw. One on one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's gonna take it. for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Barth. Good gosh, dirty! This is the Heel Tough Blog Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. And today, it is time to get you ready for Carolina's game with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons on Saturday, also known as Carolina's chance to clinch the Coastal Division title. And uh, it, it would be the first time since 2015 that Carolina takes it home. It is, of course, the final year of the ACC Coastal. So Carolina would go out with the parting shot for the division that has left so many entertained and quite frankly, horrified over all of these years. But, uh, look, Carolina can get it with a win. That's the easiest way for Carolina to do that. It would also keep them, of course, firmly in the running for a chance to make the Orange Bowl. Some people still think that it would keep them in in the running to still make uh, the college football playoff. I'm not really there at this point but uh, either way it would still keep Carolina uh, in contention for a New Year's Six bowl game Uh, the other way look Carolina could come into this game having already clinched the Coastal Uh, Duke who plays Virginia Tech earlier in the day and Georgia Tech who plays Miami earlier in the day if both of those teams lose Carolina could enter this game uh, already with the ACC Coastal title at hand uh either way i think you know carolina's got to feel pretty good about where they're at um carolina looking for their third straight win over wake Forest. carolina has won each of the last two those both in keenan stadium and that means that carolina having to travel on the road to winston-salem of course the last time we saw that carolina did lose there back in 2019 but 
Carolina has not had success there overall against Wake Forest. They have lost each of their last three games there. Their last win in Winston-Salem was way back in 2004. So Carolina does have to shake off some demons uh, if they want to win this one on Saturday night, something they have had to do very, very commonly already so far this season. So uh, I think, you know, that that's that's what Carolina is up against. Uh, and, and I think there is a little bit of pressure. But as I said, we, we've seen this multiple times. I mean, hell, last week they shook off one, uh, a demon that they had against Virginia, uh, mainly just, you know, under Mac Brown. But still, so Carolina is kind of used to this. And, and now they're faced with yet another one of these types of games this season. Well, this is, this is what we wanted as Tar Heel football fans, right? Back when you hired Mac Brown. You hired him because you thought the program could get to a level that Larry Fedora couldn't get you couldn't get you to consistently. He had one season that was call it what it was. It was a fluke, and we don't think that 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 those type of years uh, should be fluky around Tar Heel football. That you should build to them every two to three. Four years, and so you know when you come in with an eight and one record, and you come in with a number fifteen ranking in the playoff committee, and you're talking about going to a New Year's Six bowl game. Yeah, there's there's pressure, but pressure is a privilege, and this is what we wanted. Uh, if we didn't want this, they could have just kept Larry Fedora or hired some other you know group of five head coach that could have ran a good offense and not played any defense. We're still doing that. We just got to help. We got a Hall of Famer, and we're winning more often than not. So, I think the thing is, is that. This team has done as good a job as any that I think I've ever seen, let alone covered, that's embracing all of it. They're not shying away from it. And that's that's the best part because last year this team would have folded. They, I mean, and they did fold. They were not a mentally tough team. They were as mentally a weak team as I think I've ever seen. This year's team, they've shown a level of resolve that you got to have to win the win the type of games we're trying to win right now. That's how you get to five and zero on the road. That's that's how you win games without having a good defense. And so they now enter a stretch of three games with a lot to prove and a lot to gain. And you know, I I feel like if they come out Saturday night victorious, their confidence will be at a, at a, at an all-time high since Mac Brown came back. Well, as you mentioned, they're five and zero on the road so far this year. Uh, this closes out their road schedule. So if they win this, they go perfect away from Keenan Stadium just a year after they did not win a single game away from Keenan Stadium. The other thing Carolina's done is they've won five games by single digits this year. They are 5-0 and in those types of scenarios. So they're doing the things that we have wanted them to do for a while. And, you know, winning... At, in Winston-Salem is is going to be one of those challenges that they hope to add to that list. Well, look, this Wake Forest team, it's all you need to know about Wake Forest, which is presented by DraftKings. Make sure you guys head over to DraftKings.com using the promo code TPPN. We'll tell you a little bit more about that here later on in the podcast. And when you look at Wake Forest, this is a team that's 6-3 and three so far this year, 2-3 and three in conference play. And to be honest with you, with where they've gotten under... Dave Clawson, this season has to be seen as kind of a little bit of a disappointment for them. I think a lot of people around Wake Forest thought at this point of the season they would be a little bit better. Uh, the last two games, they have really, really struggled, especially that loss to Louisville where they turned the ball over six times in a quarter and eight times overall in a half. Last weekend against NC State, look, NC State had big expectations coming into the year, but it was also a team that was starting 
MJ Morris, a freshman quarterback for the first time. Uh, a lot of Wake fans probably believe that a veteran guy like Sam Hartman would have found a way to win that game. But they have been struggling over the last couple of games. Still an offense that's potent, though. 36.9 points per game, 431.9 yards of total offense per game. Their passing attack, really their strength. 308.6 passing yards per game. Part of that is because they don't run the football as well as they have in years past. Just 123.3 rushing yards per game. Sam Hartman, as I mentioned, a guy that uh, is a veteran, has been leading this team for a while. Remember last year, Carolina was the team that sort of started his struggles towards the end of the year. Well, he already is struggling at this point. As I mentioned, this team comes in just two weeks removed from a game where they turn the ball over six times in a single quarter. So uh, he, he right now is is really having his issues turning the football over, but he's still a guy that's more than capable of leading his team up and down the field pretty much at will. He did that earlier this season, nearly beat Clemson, a team that at the time was playing extremely well offensively, and he gets a lot of help. He's got a wide receiving core that I think to this point is probably the best that Carolina has played, and it's not even remotely close in my opinion. Four receivers over 400 yards so far this year led by A.T. Perry and Jamal Banks. Uh, Jamal Banks, eight touchdowns this season. A.T. Perry's the do-it-all guy, 711 yards receiving, six touchdowns. But that group right there doesn't even include starting slot receiver Taylor Marin, who was hurt earlier in the season. So they've got a ton of guys out there. Blake Whitehart has had a solid season at tight end, 214 yards receiving so far this year. And look, Carolina struggled last week with a tight end that really wasn't even on the radar heading into the game. And they've had their issues earlier in the season with tight ends. So that'll certainly be something to watch. Running game has been pretty quiet to this point, but Justice Ellison and Christian Turner, both very capable backs that if Carolina is not able to win the line of scrimmage, could hurt you. Look at the group that Virginia rolled out there last week. That group had accomplished nothing so far throughout the season. Still had a very successful day against Carolina. This is another offensive line, though, that coming into this game has struggled so far this season. They've ranked out, uh, currently ranked outside of the top 90 in both tackles for loss allowed and sacks allowed. So this is a group that is struggling up front, but Carolina just faced a group that was struggling even more than this. May have been the worst offensive line in the entire Power 5 and got destroyed the entire day. So... We'll have to see how Carolina responds to that. Uh, You go over to the defensive side of the ball. A little bit better than a year ago. Not quite as bad defensively as they were, but still not a great defense. Allowing 27.3 points per game, 373.3 yards of total offense, uh, 231.1 passing yards allowed per game, and 142.2 rushing yards per game. Uh, The reason why their passing defense is not all all that great. Their secondary clear weakness of this defense at this point. Uh, They have two corners on this team that have allowed over 380 yards receiving or more, including nickel uh, nickelback Isaiah Wingfield, uh, who will be matched up, you would imagine, with Josh Downs. That could be huge. With Josh Downs coming off the week that he just had, matched up against a guy that's allowed over 400 yards receiving and four touchdowns this year, that could allow for a pretty good amount of success. Also, 
Uh, the team has three defensive backs that have allowed four or more touchdowns this season, including a guy in Malik Mustafa who's done a really good job when it's come to run defense, has been in the box, has played that well, but has really, really struggled in coverage. He has allowed nine catches so far this year, and four of them have gone for touchdowns. So Carolina's got that. That's the one area that they should be able to attack in this game. And the thing is, is that they do have the one thing that I think helps them to you know be able to not be quite on the level of Carolina's pass defense, which is that defensive line. Um, you got uh, Rondell Bothroyd, uh, Kobe Turner up front that lead the charge, and it's a group that is currently ranked inside of the top 25 in tackles for loss. Kind of in the middle of the pack when it comes to sacks, but still a unit that seems like they are winning up front more than they did a year ago. So that's going to be the thing that Carolina has to offset in this game. Uh, and then at linebacker in the middle, they've got Ryan Smenna Jr. and Chase Jones, who you know have both been pretty solid, but they've definitely been a lot better in coverage than they have been uh, in run defense. So that's something that is definitely worth noting in this game for Carolina. Well, let's talk about the Tar Heel storylines when it comes to this game. And I think, you know, this is this is a storyline that's out there, and I'm interested to see what you think about this. A lot of people say that this weekend is when Carolina starts their quote-unquote real test, primarily the offense. A lot of people basically pointing to the fact that Drake May has not played anybody that's even remotely good defensively. My thing is, though, Wake Forest is not really all that great defensively either. The numbers don't really show you an outstanding defense. So, I mean, are you kind of buying into this is where the real tests start in terms of the offense or not really? I I mean, look, has Carolina played a really good defense this year? No. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd probably say what Notre Dame's defense is probably the best defense they've played. Uh, I would, yeah, yeah, them or Virginia. And and Carolina, I mean, look, Carolina got physically beat up. They were down 38-14. to 14. He still scored 32 points, but, I mean, a lot of that was just garbage time stuff at the end of the game anyway. But, I mean, look, the, the ACC, even with, you know, DJU struggling, even with uh, Van Dyke at Miami struggling this year, the ACC's got some of the best quarterback play in college football. And so a lot of that's a big reason why the defensive play in this conference isn't probably what you think it is because quarterbacks in this conference, you know, top to bottom, what Jordan Travis is doing at Florida State, Cunningham at Louisville, you know, just all these different places, right? You know, Leonard at Duke, that's a big part of it. If Carolina goes and beats Wake Forest, no one's going to say anything more about this offense that's already been said because Wake Forest's defense isn't good. So, look, their biggest challenge is going to be NC State for a lot of different reasons. I don't I don't look at this as a real test for the offense. It's a real test for Carolina. It's a real test to see can you complete a season perfect away from home? Can you yeah. go into an environment that's going to be like for like for Wake Forest, this salvages their season. Kind of like when we beat them last year, salvaged our season in a lot of different ways. So, it's a challenge for the team. I don't look at this as, as a as a real test for Carolina's offense in any form or fashion. And to be honest with you, I mean, are we at the point where we really have to test them? I, I that is the that is the stupidest mindset to me. I mean, this team, y- you have said, look, 
when you dom- if you're really that good, you dominate. Well, this Tar Heel offense has absolutely dominated just about everybody that they have played. I mean, even the, even that Notre Dame defense that you talked about. I mean, you still had your quarterback throw for 300 yards and have five total touchdowns in the game. So to me, I don't understand this mindset from some people that, well, Carolina's offense still has to be tested because they haven't really played anybody. I mean, I don't think so. I don't think this is an offense that all of a sudden is just going to completely be shut down. I just, I don't see that happening. So to me, no, this is not a test for the offense. I agree with you. For the team, definitely a stiff test. Um, This is a, a Wake Forest team that, as you said, will come in incredibly motivated um, to turn things around because, yeah, they were 6-1 and one at a time. There was a time where they were probably believing, hey, if enough things go right, we could be in the playoff because we were in, you know, we were, we were that close a year ago to being in a New Year's Six Bowl game, and I feel like they, they thought the direction of the program was taking them into that territory of being a, a potential playoff contender. So, for them... Things are sort of backtracking a little bit. They're going to want to steady the ship. Carolina is a team that has all the pressure on them in this game. How do they adjust to it? And and you're right. I think Carolina has been a lot better with handling that this year. But it, it, it this is ultimately probably their toughest test of the year in terms of the pressure that they have on them uh, as opposed to a team that is motivated to turn things around. Another guy that's you know got some pressure on him, but at this point, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know if it really affects him, is Drake May. Um, this dude just continues to embrace everything that's thrown his way. The Heisman talk, the all you know ACC player of the year talk, this dude has handled all of that, and every week just seems to continue to show why he is the dominant quarterback that he can be. Well, this is going to be another test for him because this is a game that each of the last two years, both teams in this matchup have scored 50 or more points. So it's a game where if it resembles that, which I think a lot of us think it is going to resemble that type of game again, you're going to need him to step up and be the guy that a lot of people nationally now are even starting to believe in he's going to have to take over this game and carry Carolina on his back. Yeah, and I don't think that he's, you know, I don't think that that's going to be too much to ask him because he's had to put the team on his back since the first game of the season. Like, he's had to go out there and he's had to score points and he's had to win games. And, you know, it's it's not something that you want to ask your redshirt freshman quarterback to do. But you can ask him when he's the type of guy like Drake May is, who's being mentioned in the same breath as you know Jameis Winston, Johnny Manziel, those guys as as redshirt freshman quarterbacks, you know, going out there and really dominating the landscape of college football. It sucks that Wake Forest didn't do what we needed them to do to give this game much more meaning nationally. Um, like for Wake Forest, they're not they're not going to the ACC title game. They're not going to a New Year's Six bowl game. Um, you know, for Carolina, this was this. You know, even though you're in prime time, this would have been a ranked on ranked matchup with implications for both. Mm-hmm. And he goes out there and he has a Drake May esque performance. He has a Heisman moment. I don't know if this game kind of offers him that opportunity like other quarterbacks around the country have had and are going to have 
as the season comes to a close. But this 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 kid this kid's unflappable. Like you you can't really you can't ask him to do too much. You can't put him in a situation he's going to be uncomfortable in because that family, as we've we've been told all season long, his brothers are championship well uh, they're championship players. They're winners. He has championship pedigree, and I think we'll see that again on Saturday night. I mean, look, just look at his second half numbers when the Carolina is either tied or trailing. Completing 71.2% of his passes, seven touchdowns, no interceptions, and the dude's averaging over 11 yards per play. Man, when when the lights are the brightest, when Carolina needs him to step up, he consistently has. And I think you're right. This will be another chance for him. Look, even though this isn't a great Wake Forest team, this is still a team that I feel like is probably the most respected opponent that Carolina will face this year outside of Notre Dame. So if you get a win, that is a respected win on your resume. And more importantly, it's a nationally televised game. So, yes, there is a chance that if Drake May goes off, enough people will say, hey, get over to ESPN2 and watch how special this dude is. And and he could be a guy that helps himself even more this week in terms of the Heisman talk. Well, he hopes to get some help from his defense, but look, that unit is as beat up as it gets at this time of the year. Carolina's defensive line, it looked like a unit that was missing three starters from the beginning of the year the other day against Virginia. But look, this defense has to rally in this game. They need to show some signs of resistance because, look, each of the last two years they haven't. And if they let this get into a track meet, with this game being on the road, it's not guaranteed that it comes out the same way the last two games have. Yeah, and I don't think you should be able to enter this game having any confidence this defense is going to do their part. Uh, you gave up 28 to an offense last week that was top three receivers and only scored, and it only scored 20 points or more once, and that was against Richmond. This game's going to be a shootout. There, There's no way, shape, or form. Carolina's going to give up, at a minimum, probably 45 points in this game. You've got to just come to your conclusion that the, the, the last two games were played in the 50s. This game is probably going to be played in the 50s, and it, it's really unfortunate. I think we were hoping that... Um, you know, when 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 Des Evans and Noah Taylor went down, guys would rally uh, behind that and step up and make an impact. They did in the second half against Pittsburgh. Those guys were nowhere to be found last week against Virginia. I think that's going to carry over, which is why we're just asking Drake May simply, hey, bud, just go win the game. That's the game plan. We're not stopping anybody. Um, we're 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 not we're not we're not playing championship football on that side of the football. So you got to go out there and score 35-40 every week. The only difference is this week he's got to score probably 56, 60-something points to feel rather comfortable Saturday night. I mean, to be fair, with the way this defense is played, it wouldn't shock me if they turn around and hold this team to a beautiful 34 or something like that. Um, mainly, it, it would be the second-half defense because that's where they've been that, That's where they've been stronger. In the second half, that's where they've stood up and made the stops that they've had to. Coming into last week, they were allowing just seven points per game in the second half. That's ultimately the biggest thing that you want to see from this defense. Yeah, you'd like to see the defensive line bounce back. But hey, as long as you do it in the second half, that's great. You'd like to see the corners really step up and lock down guys on the outside. Well, guess what? If you don't lock them down in the first half, but you're still in the game and you can lock them down in the second half, we'd be all right with that. That's what we're asking at this point. We've you know, kind of wanted that bend but don't break mentality, 
and it it was working in conference play. Last week, I mean, he allowed 14 points. But but I, I think you're right in that, look, part of that was Virginia really just controlled the clock. So even in the second half, I felt like Virginia was able to move the ball relatively well on Carolina. But ultimately, they have to be able to step up. And to me, the one of the bigger things in this game is you've done it each of the last two times that you've played them. You have to be able to create turnovers in this game. There's a team that is turning the ball over at an unreal rate at this point in the season. Each of the last two games, they have turned the ball over way too much. Carolina's got to be able to exploit that in this game. That can be the difference for a defense that right now is extremely beat up and I, I think still to this point in the season, you have to question, especially on the defensive line, how well coached they actually are. You go over to uh, the last storyline that I have here. Again, it encompasses the whole team. And Carolina, Coastal Division title, right there in their sights. They win this game. They have the Coastal Division title in their hands. They have to do it on the road in a place where they have struggled. But I, I think... You know, we've talked about it. This team as a whole, I think, is definitely built to handle this type of moment because they faced some areas that they could have tripped up earlier this season. They faced some some areas where the, the 2020 team tripped up, and they haven't really done that to this point. I think Carolina's in a good spot to be able to handle these expectations on Saturday night. You hope so because this is this is what we want as fans. This is what Mac Brown saw when he came back. He sold us on a vision of competing for conference championships and playing for national championships. He thinks that's possible. We believe it's possible. And now you have a chance to go out there on Saturday and, and really validate that belief and in a lot of ways atone for what you did last year, which was completely and utterly fail. And so I think that's something that this team is driven by. They're driven by the failures of last season, the shortcomings of last season, because they heard the negativity. And they they, they, they weren't able to block it out, but that, that was able to drive them in everything they did in spring ball over the summer and leading up to the fall. I've said that you know good teams dominate bad teams. I'm not asking you to dominate Wake Forest because Wake Forest isn't a bad team. Wake Forest is a good team. But I am asking you to play to a to a level that I want an eight and one football team to play, and you know it, it's something that we we know the rhetoric that if Carolina loses this game, what it's what you know. First off, you got to wait a week to clinch the division title. It will pretty much kind of you know in you know validate or invalidate the opinions nationally of, of about the program. If you keep on winning, you got at some point you got to force the guys like the Bear on game day to say something nice about you. And so I do think you'll see a team that will come out motivated to win, knowing they're going into a what will be a rather hostile environment against an opponent that will put everything into beating you because it'll salvage for them what's been a lost season. Well, the th- the thing is, is Carolina is not going to be averse to facing this. They face hostile environments pretty much everywhere they've gone this season. And uh, I mean, look, they they face some teams that have come in feeling pretty good about themselves. That game against Duke really comes to mind. Um, even to to a certain extent, last week, you know, I don't think Virginia fans 
felt like they were, you know, playing well this season. But I think Virginia fans knew the history of Mac Brown, knew the struggles that he had had in Charlottesville, and felt confident that they could do it once again because, hey, we did it back in 2020 to him. And Carolina has avoided all of those pitfalls. They've made the plays when they've had to. They've stepped up when they've been trailing in second half. So they've done it three straight games. So this is a team that's not afraid to play from behind. They've done it. I think the biggest thing for them is, you know, just just embrace the fact that you do have a target on your back at this point in the season and that everybody is going to want to be the team that, that, that says, hey, we were the one that gave Carolina their first real test. Whether you think that's true or not, um, I, I think that's what everybody really wants to be able to say. But I think because of what Mac Brown said, you know, with the uh, with the you know what he gave them back in the off season, PAT preparation, accountability, and toughness. He said this team has done it throughout this entire season, and I think they have. And they need to bring that mindset into this game again on Saturday night. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back uh, after the break, we will tell you guys our keys to the game and we give you predictions. Do we think Carolina clinches the ACC Coastal title this weekend or do we think they have to wait? Come back and find out here on this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast back right after this. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse is racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Maybe you want to bet on one of your favorite Tario players. Maybe you like Michael Carter and his matchup for the Jets that week. Or maybe you want to bet on the total number of tackles that Cole Holcomb will have in a game. You can do all that on DraftKings Sportsbook. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using the promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough Blog, and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcasts, all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter. At Heel Tough Blog on Twitter, make sure you give it a follow, and you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Heel Tough Blog, at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnata, myself at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at Hack Zubber two for our recruiting analyst Zach Hubbard. Hey guys, welcome back in Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Anthony Pagnata, Josh Marlowe with you. Let's get to our keys to the game for Saturday night's matchup with Wake Forest. And I think the first one on the defensive side of the ball, it's kind of a combo of two, but I think mainly it involves the defensive back. So that's why I kind of coupled it into one. You have to be able to limit the explosive plays in this game 
and create turnovers. This is an offense for Wake Forest that I feel like is kind of similarly built to what we saw from Carolina a year ago. And and I think Wake Forest has been this for a while as well. But this is a team that thrives so much on hitting the big play and avoiding turnovers. And look, each of the last two weeks, they really haven't been able to do that. That's why they've scored 21 points in each of the last two games, and they've turned it over at a high rate. Carolina's got to be able to continue the recipe that Louisville's defense has had and NC State's defense has had against them. Look, Louisville's defense, not the greatest defense there is in the country either, but they created the turnovers that allowed them to pull away and win their game comfortably. I don't think Carolina is going to win this game comfortably, but look, you have to be able to turn over this team and, more importantly, limit them from hitting those big plays that allow their offense to thrive if you want to be able to have any chance of holding this team under 50 points. Yeah, you can hope that. I just don't see it happening. I know this offense hasn't looked good the last two weeks. One common theme, they were on the road in environments that were rather chaotic against teams that, you know, for Louisville, they're playing, they played themselves into a bowl game. They saved their coach's job. And for NC State, they still have at least something at large to play for in terms of, you know, you know, uh, you know, a, a top 20 ranking nationally, you know, a, a much more prestigious bowl game and, and, and the like. And they, NC State's defense has better players than Carolina's players have. Dave Clawson knows how to coach up against this Carolina defense. Sam Hartman knows how to play against this Carolina defense. You might get a interception out of them. I know they picked them off twice last year. I don't. I don't see Sam Hartman playing bad three straight weeks. What you got to hope for is when they get inside the twenties, you can hold them to field goals. Because they're going to move the ball up and down the field at will. And if you can make them settle for field goals like you did the last two years, they still might get into the 50s. But it might be in the low end of the 50s while you're scoring in the higher end. Well, I, I might think I don't think Sam Hartman's going to be under control in this game. We've seen it. We saw it last year. Once he started turning the ball over, it never stopped. He's a guy that once he once he starts sliding, the slide continues until the season is over. So... I would be shocked. Look, do I think he'll probably throw for a lot of yards? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've seen it this year. Carolina's defense is going to give up a lot of yards. But he's a guy that right now, when he sort of gets rattled mentally in terms of on the football field, it is tough for him to get himself back on track. So I think they're going to be there for the taking. It's about can Carolina execute and make those plays in this game. They've done it when they've needed to this year. So we'll see. Um, I think the second key is, look, you got to give Drake some time to throw the football in this game. Um, I think that this is a secondary that has proven they can be exposed at times. Um, I, I think one of the one of the things they've got to do is find a way to get it into Josh Downs' hands, which, I mean, look, matched up a guy against a guy in Isaiah Wingfield that has had a rough season, it might be something that, it's, it's pretty easy to do, but that has to be one of the focal points for Carolina. But they need to be able to give Drake May the time to be able to hit some of those downfield plays when he needs to. Last week, a lot of the stuff that you saw was get it into Josh Downs' hands and let him create. This week, you need Carolina to – you need bounce-back performances from guys like Antoine Green 
and like J- and JJ Jones, who a week ago against Virginia were kept kind of quiet. They had some drops themselves, but for the most part, it was just a good job done by Virginia's defense. I think you need those big plays to sort of return at times in this game where you're going to need to score a lot of points and only way to do that, keep your quarterback upright. Yeah, Carolina gave up four sacks last week at Virginia. The best way to give him time is to be able to run the football. That way, those defensive linemen can't just you know pin their ears back and, and, and go get after Drake May. This offensive line has been much more better in pass protection than they have been in, in, in run blocking this year. I think that will continue, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I think at some point you got to – these are the types of games where you got to be able to push the ball down the field mm-hmm. because you know you know Wake Forest is going to make you is going to want to keep everything in front of you in front of them, but you're you're going to have to hit a deep ball or two to open everything up in your offense. But I think the best way to, to give him time is to establish that run game, get that defensive line off balance, make it harder to send blitzes and the like, because if he has time to throw. He'll pick apart this defense like Sam Howell has the last two seasons. Well, yeah, and look, there could be that strategy of running the football and trying to shorten the game. That That is something you could look to do, but this is a defense that's only allowing 142.2 rushing yards. I think it is easier to attack this group it's it to, through the air. It's easier to attack that secondary. So I think that that's where you're going to have to hit some big plays. And, and look... The third key, we're bringing it back again, and it's 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 probably it's definitely going to be for this game. It could reappear again later in the season. This game, probably more than any game this season, score, score, and score some more. You have to put up, like you said. Look, the mindset going in for the offense, and, and you're not going to say it in the locker room. You're going to try to pump up your defense, and and see if you can't get them to respond to what happened last week. See if you can't get a performance maybe just similar to even Pittsburgh. But the mindset of this offense for, for Phil Longo has to be, look, guys, we have to go out and put up as many points as physically possible in this game. The goal is to not punt, and it's to continue what they've done in the red zone They have had four failed red zone trips the entire season. Three of them have been kneel downs at end of games. They're doing what they need to do in the red zone. Now that has to carry over into what at this point of the season is their most important game. The last two years, these two teams have played fun offensive shootouts with the games getting in the 50s. You could argue that Carolina's upgraded their quarterback from Sam Howell to Drake May. Wake Forest still has their guy in Sam Hartman, who was more than capable of going out there and putting a 50 spot, especially with this game being at home. So, yeah, Carolina, this is going to feel like a Big 12 game. This game is going to feel like a track meet. This game's going to get at least into the 40s, probably the 50s, and I wouldn't be surprised if the winner touches the 60-point threshold. So I'm with you. This got to be all gas, no breaks. You can't afford to punt. You can't afford to turn the football over. And Mac Brown's probably got to be pretty decisive on when he goes for it on fourth down, because you got to probably understand that if you go for it and you don't convert, your defense is giving up points. So uh, it's it, it's going to be a fun one if you like offense, to say the least. And I do think this offense is more than up for the challenge. All right, so uh, it's time for the predictions. What do you see happening in this game, and do you see Carolina taking home the AC? Coastal title in this one. This would be such Carolina football, especially under Mac Brown, to lose. 
because it's typically what they've done in big moments under him is they've they they haven't gotten the job done. But in years past, they didn't have a guy at quarterback that name was Drake May that was a legitimate Heisman contender that was maybe arguably already the best quarterback in program history. It's not going to be an easy win. It's probably going to be the hardest win they've secured all season long. I've got Carolina and yet another shootout, 59-52 in Winston-Salem on Saturday night. Man, uh, I do not have it that high scoring. By the way, the over under in this game is seventy seven. I don't see how that is uh, like that is. Guys, the get the DraftKings and hammer the over. Seriously, that is the easiest over that you could ever possibly pick. Um, so they'll probably go out and score like what a combined like thirty five points since we now told you that but um I look no I don't think that's even remotely possible this game is going to have points on top of points I don't think it'll be as crazy as in years past because I think you will see I I, I think Carolina's defense will step up in that fourth quarter and it's kind of going to be like we said it earlier in the year, kind of like one of those Larry Fedora era games where they get a couple of key stops down the stretch and it allows them to pull out what looks like a little bit more comfortable of a win than it actually was. I like Carolina 52-42, um, I, but, but again, I think it, there is just so much offense in this game. There will be a ton of yards in this game. I think Carolina gets a couple of turnovers off of this Wake Forest offense and I think that will ultimately be the difference. The other thing to me, the reason why I'm confident in saying this is because Carolina has been in these close games so often this year, and one of the things that we heard from Mac Brown last year and even heading into this year is this team has to learn how to win close games. Well, they have done that so far this year, and I feel like that experience of having to go through that, especially having to go through that three straight weeks. It's not like they did this early in the season and now they've kind of been on cruise control. No, this has been a week-to-week thing for Carolina really the entire season, but especially the last three weeks of conference season. They have been in these tight games where they have had to make the plays when they've needed to, and who is the constant that steps up and makes those plays? It's your quarterback who is in the Heisman race for a reason. I think he is the difference maker in this game for Carolina once again, just like you do, and I think they get the win over Wake Forest to clinch the ACC Coastal title. By the way, both of us having Carolina clinch the ACC title, Coastal title on the road yet again, just like they did back in 2015 when they did so at Virginia Tech. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. Guys, make, make sure you head over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. I'm going to have you ready with a preview of this game. Uh, I'll have in-depth you know, uh, the injury reports. Uh, Carolina relatively healthy, so that's the good news on that side of things, but it also have the team breakdowns in there, the team stat uh, comparisons. You know that that's that'll be a very interesting look with these two teams, as well as the projected starting lineups after the game. Takeaways from the game in the recap. You'll also have the trench report that will go up. 
Ashton's analysis. We're hoping he's able to uh, to be able to get us an analysis this week. I know he really wanted to get one uh, last week, but unfortunately, uh, he has been under the weather. Uh, so hopefully, he is feeling a little bit better uh, and will be able to get something up there for you guys. I know he really wants to, so uh, we'll hope to, to see that up there. Press conference takeaways should also return uh, for this week. We were just unable to get to that uh, this week with Ashton uh, sideline. So hopefully, we'll have those return to you guys as well and the stock report will be there sometime in the midweek and then after that of course two games remaining in the regular season for Carolina and we've got you covered with Drake Hodgman watch as well as Carolina's chances if they are still there with the college football playoff we've got eyes on all of that stuff here on the Heel Tough blog uh, website also check out the basketball coverage Carolina got a win the other night wasn't easy but still a season opening win over UNCW they are back in action tomorrow night uh, against the College of Charleston uh, College of Charleston making that return trip after Carolina made the trip down there last year uh, that will be in the Smith Center tomorrow night Josh will have you covered with the preview and the recap of that game as Carolina looks to get, continue uh, to get off to a strong start to this 2022-23 season and we'll have you covered throughout the entire season on the website as well so once again that wraps up for this edition of the podcast I want to thank Josh for hosting with me want to thank you guys for listening and as always go Tar Heels Hey guys, Anthony here. We want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.